African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. It's that time again, 11 o'clock Central African time, time for African dialogue, where we contextualize the big issues on the African continent and internationally. Thank you for joining us on our shortwave service. Remember, you can also find us on DSTV. The channel is 802 on the audio bouquet, and you can stream us on www.channelafrica.co.za. We're broadcasting from the lovely sunny Johannesburg. Well, we've started really unpacking some of uh, the the themes that we'll be covering today with uh, Dr. Jan Shabalala, chairperson of the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. But let's try to contextualize because mental health is very broad and affects people very differently. Um, let me start with you, Dr. Miboni Tlapu. Thank you for giving us your time. Thank you very much. Let me check as well if I've got Hein Hofmeyer there, psychologist at Akeso Clinic. Hein, am I there and am I clear for you as well? Yes, yeah, here we go. Fantastic. And we also have Dr. Sibulelo Siepe, who is the chairperson of the Psychiatry Management Group. Are you also there, Dr. Siepe? I am here, thank you. Fantastic. Dr. Tlapu, let me start with you. We've already touched on uh, just the basic themes on what we're talking about when we're speaking about mental health, what it is and what it actually uh, can actually exhibit in people. But also what's also interesting is the fact that we're still seeing taboos around mental health. And I wanted to ask Dr. Jan Shabalala from SADC, but couldn't because of limited time. I wanted to ask him in terms of identifying mental health, it seems... Sometimes the problem is distinguishing whether you do have a problem or if this is a norm. And sometimes it's very hard for people, whether it's young people to adults, to actually identify they do have a problem. So how do you actually create that distinction as an individual to say, you know what, I might have an unhealthy way of thinking? Thank you very much. Um, I think first and foremost I should say that uh, um. It is indeed difficult for any uh, you know visual to understand that there's something wrong, but there's very very serious obvious you know um, symptoms and signs which will make a person to think I need help. For instance, you all of a sudden um, feel so anxious, over anxious, over worried. You you are tired all of a sudden. You are sad. You cry most of the time. You you no longer have that appetite or your appetite has changed. Now you're overeating or you don't eat at all. Your sleeping pattern has been so much affected and you are so irritable. You no longer have interest, you know, ordinary things that you used to be having a lot of interest on them. You no longer have, you know, that interest. You, you begin to withdraw yourself from other people, that is, you know, some of the worrying signs. But if you are, if it is a serious mental mm. illness like your schizophrenia, even a person from outside will see that this person is sick. You start talking to yourself, you'll be um, hearing voices or seeing things that are seen by you alone, and even people out there will, will, will start to say, Hey, what's wrong with this person? Some of them are overdressing. The mm. temperature today is 38 in mm. Northwest. 
but you'll be wearing five a jacket and so forth. So the behavior will change so drastically that, you know, a person from outside says, no, this person is no longer uh, the person that we used to know. Mm. But fortunately, um, when it gets worse, especially your anxieties and depression, people really, uh, like Dr. Shavalanev said, will say, I think I'm depressed. Mm. I think I'm too sad. Mm. And they can look for help. You know, it's an issue of relativity, Hind, because, you know, anxiety and depression is very broad because someone who's listening to this program can say, you know, it's very natural for me to get worried at times or to get distressed according to the situations that I'm in. So how do mm. I tell the kind of uh, anxiety that is actually worrying? Hein, what are your thoughts mm. around that particular issue? Yes, uh, what we always look at with, uh, when we look at definition of, of mental illness, that's sort of the, the starting point for whether my worry or my depression that I'm having is just a, is just a uh, off day or a blues day or, or whether it's more troublesome in the sense that it can't be a, it could be a diagnosis. And when we look at the definition, it says that uh, mental illness is anything that it's, it's behaviors or thoughts or uh, emotions that are um, ineffective in the manner that they impact or affect your, your daily functioning in, in areas, specific areas of your life, whether it be personal, social, occupational, educational. And, and that's when, when, when one should have a look and realize that uh, my anxiety is so severe that um, it's impacting my sleep. And when it's impacting my sleep, it's impacting my functioning the next day, either at school or at work. Or my fear about driving in a car is so severe that I can't get into a car, and therefore I can't travel or be on time for my daily function. So, so that's sort of the starting point for us always to say that that's when that's when one should consider therapy or, or help is when when your functioning is impeded by your behaviours, your emotions, or your thoughts. Mm. Let me come to Dr. Siepe because we know that it's also different in different situations. Sometimes it is a biological imbalance in your body. And at times, it's normal for people to feel depressed. For example, um, pregnant women, some pregnant women, their hormones go all over the place while they're in pregnancy. And uh, sometimes they still have to go for uh, therapeutic sessions because they need to deal with their therapy. So it's situation isn't it at certain points so people have to understand that it depends on your health sometimes and also sometimes it's normal because a depressed woman a pregnant woman can become pregnant uh, depressed at certain moments and at certain times and sometimes that's a norm you just need to get proper counseling for that particular moment yes thank you um can we not say that to be depressed is normal because, as already mentioned, depression is an illness, so it mm. cannot be normal for anybody to be ill. Um, yes, but there are situations and conditions, and medical conditions as well, that will cause or have a depression as part of the presentation. And yes, it's true that sometimes in pregnancy, people do get depressed. But once we have called it a depression, that means there are signs and symptoms that qualify to be called mm. a depression, sure. because now you have the signs and it affects your function. Mm. then it is an illness. It's definitely not normal and therefore will have to be treated. I think what, what um, we have to make the distinction between is being sad and uncomfortable and uh, a bit, uh, people will say moody, to actually having depression. Because yes, we are all entitled to be sad, we are all entitled to be upset about this or the other, um, and pregnancy is a difficult time at the best of times. But it, 
it, again, those, those sad moments are limited, they are momentary, they are passing. Sometimes we have a clear identifying reason why you got sad or you got um, uh, disorganized, and it doesn't affect your function completely. You, mm-hmm. know, you still stand up and do whatever you're supposed to do. So it's not a normal part of depression or of pregnancy to be depressed. You can have a low mood for a short, momentary, limited time. But once we call it depression, it's not normal. It's an illness and has to be looked at. And yes, mm. sometimes, there is, as you said earlier, there is no uh, identifiable trigger for people to get depressed. It mm. just happens, you know. Um, and as Dr. Chalwell had said, you know, anybody is potentially exposed to being depressed. And because you have those changes in your, in your brain, those chemical changes that cause you to be depressed. So yes, it can just happen out of the blue, and it can be secondary to whether it's, an, it's a medical condition like thyroid disease, like cancers, like strokes. You know, lots of people with those will have um, uh, depression, or it is because of, of events that one has been exposed to, whether it's trauma, deaths in families, and things like that. It could start from there. But mm-hmm. please, let's not say it's normal. Okay, thank you for the clarification, Dr. Siepe. But also, I wanted to understand, Dr. Klapu, coming back to you, in terms of uh, the fact that uh, mental health issues have become taboo, and also we we actually deal with them in our everyday societies. It's almost when someone is saying, you know what, I've got a mental health issues, we really run to, in our communities, to the issue of, Oh, this person is just crazy or this one has just a temper and we're going to leave him to be that. That's part of their personality. And sometimes that's what we resolve to as the people around someone who may be suffering from a, a mental illness. Um, how do we change those particular perceptions? Because this is actually sometimes intrinsic to someone's personality in certain circumstances. Yeah, that is one of the battles that is very, very difficult to win. Um, the community at large need to understand exactly what is mental health problems. And like Dr. Sepe has uh, rightfully said, um, the, persist, uh, the persistence, I mean, when a person is fed for more than seven days, it's, not, it's no longer acceptable, you know. When a person is behaving in an odd manner, it's a problem. But the community also has actually to understand that this, the mental mental illness is there, and therefore it is just you know one of those. And it, it, anyone at a given time can snap off mm. and, 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 and 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 have that mental problem. Now the problem is we don't have sufficient um, facilities. We don't have you know, people who have passion to mm. talk about all these things. Mm. Let me just give you an example. Um, today, the 10th of um, October, is a very important day to me. But uh, um, if it was the 1st of December, we'd be seeing tents, we'd be seeing, you know, celebrations, mm. you know, everybody would be taking it up. Awareness, awareness, awareness. But this, this is not happening with mental health. We don't see awareness going on and on. We don't have people who will take up and educate the community and inform them about mental health and mental illness so that people don't stigmatize those who are suffering from this condition. Now, if we can have systems in place and deal with this matter from 
as the top, as the team is saying, mm, mm. dealing with the youth, starting from the youth, starting down there, you know, educating the youth about issues of mental health, having very good uh, school programs where everything starts. You know, if a child can learn something at school, just that child can go back during the evening and share that with the parents. And they do that. Mommy, you know, a man at school said this, this, this today. And we can learn mm. from them. Mm. Now, mm. can you imagine if we are living in a country where mental health starts from grade 7, where each and every learner, pupil, and student learn about mental health, then that will also go to the community at large. Our churches is one of the platforms where we can talk about stigma and mental health. And, you know, because the churches are nowadays are taking a bigger number of, you know, followers, I think it is, it is one of the best, you know, places where mm. we can start talking mm. about this openly. But unfortunately, um, our programs are not there. There's nothing that the government is doing about mental health, let alone the government, and even some of us are, we are not doing much mm. about mental health. Because the very same professionals, some of them feel that, hey, you know what, I believe that if I go, you know, if I continue being worried about these mental people, I'll end up also being labeled. So that, mm. that's where the whole thing starts. You know, what, what you're saying there, Dr. Tlapu, is very, very essential. Uh, Hein, let me maybe bring it back to you. I mean, you work at a, um, a clinic that does focus on, on health issues and mental health uh, care. Uh, from, from your perspective, in terms of that particular concern that Dr. Tlapu is highlighting, that there are no real structural uh, formations that deal with this issue of mental health, um, it is a big challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big challenge. I mean, um, there's a reason why um, why mental health is a taboo subject, and it's because because of the stigma related from 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 history books and from movies and everything. But but from a from a, a psychiatric clinic where where we are working from, it's it's just as important as all the operations are running groups for our patients, individual therapy, and everything. Another part of our of our of our work is to to bring out the awareness, and that's why a day like today, like World Mental Health Awareness Day. It's so, so important to to bring out the message and normalize uh, normalize it for the community and and share light on it that it's it's not a sign of weakness. Share light on it that it's uh, people that are diagnosed with mental health isn't uh, violent people. They're not strange and odd people. Um, they shouldn't be um, shoved out of the community, but rather be supported. And and for us, that's that's a big part of our work is to go out to the schools, go out to uh, the different departments, uh, to their uh, uh, to their sort of um, wellness days and, and share light on the subject so that when people come to our hospital that they, they come already with, with, with being willing and able and ready for, for therapy and not that we spend the first few days uh, just breaking down the stigma of, of, of mental illness, but actually we can start doing our work uh, and, and help the person. Well, we're having a fantastic conversation with our experts, clarifying some of the taboos, some of the misconceptions, and how to deal with the issues of uh, mental health. That was the voice of Hein Hofmeyer, psychologist from Akeso Clinic, and we've got Dr. Sibelelo Siape, who is uh, a chairperson at the Psychiatry Management Group, and Dr. Miboni Tlapu, who is a mental health expert. I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to look at this theme of young people and mental health in a changing world, which is uh, this year. 
year's WHO theme. How important is that? I spoke briefly with Dr. Jan Shabalala of uh, the uh, South African Depression Anxiety Group and was stating the fact that there's so many challenges for young people to deal with today and uh, really mental health is something that they've never been that's never been centralized in society so they really don't know how to deal with the various challenges that they face they don't know which filters to adopt mentally they don't know how to actually really divert themselves to positive thinking at times to really deal with current challenges that they're dealing in modern society we'll deal with this theme after we come back after this break Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it was one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9am with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time 1000 African Voices with me, Awurengwi C on Channel Africa the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective Yes, indeed. Uh, you are listening to African Dialogue. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and we've got a few minutes left of this particular show today. Remember, in around uh, uh, 10 minutes or so, we'll get our economics news and thereafter we'll get our sports. We've been looking at this issue of World Mental Health Day today. And we're going to be looking at the theme for this year, Young People and Mental Health in a Changing World. If you're just joining us, we have on the line Dr. Sibulelo Siepe, who is a chairperson at the Psychiatry Management Group and also we've got uh, Dr. Miboni Klapu who is a mental health expert. Alongside them is Heinhoff Mayer from Akaso Clinic and he is a psychologist. We started the conversation with Dr. Jan Shabalala from the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. Uh, Dr. Sibelelo Siepil, let's look at this issue of uh, the theme this year, young people and mental health. It's important isn't it because we have a really fast-paced world with many uh, challenges and uh, I think one of the issues that young people can't deal with mental health is mental health issues haven't really been centralized into uh, mainstream conversations, whether via the media and in our homes. We just don't know how to deal with this. How important is it that we should also focus on this particular theme that is looking at uh, young people? It is vitally important that we should be looking at young people. Um, as you know, that uh, especially in Africa, I think um, half the population is being is classified as young people. Mm. So already that means that it's a large chunk of people who have to be looked at. And yes, the conversations don't often rotate around mental health with children, and therefore that is why when they have issues, they have nowhere to go to, no one to talk to, because it's not part of the normal everyday um, language. The seriousness is seen as because we know that um, one in ten suicides in South Africa are uh, young people between the ages of 15 and 24, which is really hectic that we are losing that amount of young people to suicide. Mm. And that is because that, especially from the teenage um, time, it is a very distressing time many times. Of course, it can be very exciting, but it's also very distressing for young people because it's a time when they have so many changes 
you know, from their bodily changes, um, where their voices change, where their body shapes change, young girls have start to develop breasts and things like that. It is sometimes very confusing and it could be very, people can use it for competition, you know, I'm developing better than you, you are slower, or, or things like that. It is also a time when uh, teenagers now have to start to think differently and they have to make decisions. There's a time of lots of changes. Families change. They move. They divorce. There's trauma. Mm. There's mm. also issues around schooling where people now understand what it is to achieve and they want to achieve and do better. Um, it's time when they have new friends or are dumped by moved by friends. It's time where they maybe leave home and go to boarding school or go to varsity. It's time where they get exposed to substances um, because they're not necessarily as closely under the watch of parents like when they were younger. So it is a very, very destabilizing time. Unfortunately, because this is not in the sort of mainstream conversation usually, Teenagers have nowhere to go, have no, don't know how to even talk about it. They don't know who to talk to. And they have their thoughts, their ideas, and everything seems too big, too unsurmountable, too depressing, too overwhelming, too embarrassing. And many times they just think that maybe to kill themselves is the best way out of this, not realizing that a lot of problems have got solutions. And the feelings of depression many times, if we look at depression, can be momentary and they will pass. And most problems have got solutions. But unfortunately, teenagers are not often aware of that. And that's why we have to make a concerted effort to bring down mental health to these elite years, to empower them mm, with information. Mm, mm. There should be programs in, 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 in both in schools, in the homes, in the community, to empower teenagers or young people to recognize, to understand, to be aware of mental health. The government should invest more in, in mental health, mm. but not in a... In a what shall I say, in a narrow type of way, but in a very wide type of way where it will be the departments maybe of health, or maybe of education, maybe social. Working together in a comprehensive integrated program mm. to bring, you know, information across, to be able to empower young people, to empower their parents, to empower their teachers, to empower communities so that they can, the teenagers can pick themselves up, they can pick their, their peers up, teachers, parents, Members of the community can pick up if somebody's not doing well. And then there should also be, we have a problem, as um, Dr. Chaplin said, we have mm. a problem of service. Mm. We don't have enough service centers, service mm. suppliers. Mm. But at least they should know that should it happen, I can access help. I, you know, should it happen that I feel bad, I feel low, I'm not functional, I'm sad, I'm crying, I'm suicidal, I can access help. There is somebody out there to help me. Although the services are scarce, but they are there. Mm. Um, Mm. You know, all those, all, all those should be ha should happen. And, you know, there are so many other programs we have to be trying to embark on mm. that um, we should be looking at how do we actually increase the mental resistance and resilience mm. of young people, mm. you know. Uh, because sometimes, you know, when you're younger, you know that everything will be fine because you've got parents looking after you and things are equal. Mm. Um, but suddenly you become a teenager and there are lots of things that are not fine. There isn't that um, parent to look to look after and collect your every need. So you, you do get alone, mm. you know, or you feel alone. But we need to empower the young people to teach them to be more mm. resilient, to make them know that things won't always be fine. Mm. But it doesn't mean it's the end. It doesn't mean it's so bad. They have to be able to deal and cope with their normal with normal life stressors, mm. which will always be there in our life. You know, yeah. when you're seven years, you don't think there'll always be any life stresses, but suddenly you're 14, 17, you realize that there's stresses. Mm. And if you're not resilient enough, you will 
crumble, unfortunately, and you get depressed and there'll be problems. Well, those are the things we should be doing. That's very interesting that you highlight once again the issues of, um, you know, the fact that we don't have enough resources and we don't have enough uh, uh, infrastructure when it comes to World Mental Health Day. But another thing that people usually speak about when they think they need to get help for uh, mental health, Dr. Tlapu, is the fact that hey, getting going to a psychiatrist, going to a therapist, hey, it's too expensive and I can't afford it. And sometimes they think, hey, no, I'm not going there because it's going to cost me too much. Is that something that we re- need to relook at? Is there truth in that? Or is that also another stereotype? Yeah, uh, you mentioned a very, very, very critical factor there. And I, 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 I will start talking about it, taking it, you know, from um, the, the, the government and the new Mental Health Act. It is very, very expensive to get mental, uh, you know, health assistance in this country. Psychiatrists are very expensive. Our teams are no longer doing what they used to do, things the same. Um, the country has employed most of the doctors out of this country who, um, with due respect, maybe will not have a lot of interest in psychiatry. Maybe mm-hmm. their problem never had, you know, mental health and psychiatry in it. The clinics are no longer having those clinics which were dealing, I mean, days which were dealing with serious issues of mental health. If you want, if you are a family member and you are sitting in your community mm. with this mental person who is seriously so psychotic, the act will, will put you down because the act will not allow you as a family member to, you know, to access certain services. For instance, you, you, you will say that before a person can be admitted to the hospital, meaning the government hospital, or either the, the very same uh, private hospital, they must be seen by two psychiatrists. Mm. We mm. don't have. Mm. I, I'm, I'm sitting in Northwest right now. The 72-hour hospital don't have psychiatrists. And the access within 24 hours, then the person must be discharged. Mm. So what they do, the easiest way of doing it is to, to discharge them. And when you talk to them, actually, with the family, and say, okay, because government has discharged, how about us taking the route of taking this person to, um, to a private sector? I'm telling you, when you get into that hospital, at which you should have 150000 in your pocket. Mm. It's a big problem, Dr. Tlapp. Very exorbitant. You know, the family should be seated there with that mentally ill person. The private, I mean, the public hospitals don't have capacity. They, you know, they don't have psychiatrists. This person must be, be seen by two psychiatrists, must be seen by two psychologists, and by two physicians or RGCs. Mm, that mm. this hospital doesn't have such. A psychiatrist is, is one drug. Mm. Now, because this country is facing that, I think we need to give you our act. Mm. It is not helping. If it is helping a man out there, it is causing a lot of problems for those families. Families are crying. There's nothing they can do. They Mm. can't afford. The public can help them. The private is very, very expensive. Okay, so that is the problem that you are sitting with money, money, no, yeah. no budget for mental health. I need to wrap it up, and I just want to get final sentiments from Hine in terms of the way forward. Just in a minute, uh, what's your thoughts in terms of the way forward? Because it seems like we're losing this battle against mental health if we are honest to ourselves. Um, what's the way forward, Hine? Just in a minute or so, just to wrap up the show. Yeah, um, uh, we, we're speaking about 
uh, awareness, and that's that's the that's the start of awareness. It's, it's not just to make the patients out there that's sitting with undiagnosed disorders or or with a difficulty in functioning to make them aware, but it's actually also to, also to create awareness in in the higher powers and and the people making the decisions and writing the acts to to realise that uh, mental health is an important aspect. It doesn't just affect the the, the patient or the person and their family, but it also affects their workplace, which mm. at the end of the day affects the economy of the of the country. So it's about creating awareness in, in, in the higher beings and then hope, hoping to establish uh, uh, programs and routes and awareness, um, even for the children we're t- talking about in the changing world, where uh, they're creating their own awareness mm. on social media, following certain trends and, and, and sites that aren't effective, uh, sending out effective psychoeducation. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's about creating awareness, not just with, sure. with, with the patients on the ground level, but also with the higher power. Well, thank you so much uh, for being a fantastic panel joining us on uh, this uh, conversation. Thank you to Hein Hofmeyer, psychologist at Akesu Clinic. Thank you as well to Dr. Sibele Losiepe, who is the chairperson of the Psychiatry Management Group. Thank you to Mwiboni Tlapu as well, a mental health expert. And also thank you to Dr. Jan Shabalala from the South African Depression Anxiety Group. Uh, he is the chairperson of SADC. Thank you all for assisting us with this very important debate. And I'm sure we should be continuing speaking about this. Maybe we'll have a follow-up to this conversation. So thank you for giving us your time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Benjamin.